You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We are into hour number three. No Ryan Pinder today. Maddie Rose. Hi, Boom. Flames talk coming up in about one hour. Ryan Pike. Flames Nation going to join uh, Maddie. A lot got done at the Dome last night. 40 goals, 100 points, a division-clinching win for the Calgary Flames. And I'll get into all that coming up. But as uh, we talked about before the break, sad news coming for the uh, for the hockey world. And it is, uh, it's impossible for, for me, or really for anyone, to try and put into words, whether they be spoken or written, about what Guy Lafleur meant to the city of Montreal, Montreal Canadiens fans, and and hockey in general. Uh, our next guest is going to have to, he's that's going to be part of his task, I would think. Here is to try and put into words what Guy Lafleur meant. Eric Angles with Sportsnet in Montreal. Eric, thanks for doing this on short notice. It's I, I was saying before we uh, we had the break. You have to be of a certain age to have seen Guy Lafleur play and to have played into his in his prime when he was scoring 50 goals year after year. But it was the fashion in which he did it. I said already on uh, online, you can see he being referred to as a rock star. He really had that that vibe of swagger before swagger was even a thing, didn't he? Yes, he did. And it's funny you say, you know, you had to have watched him, but there's an entire generation of people who have only seen him on YouTube or heard about him through their parents and their parents' parents. And I think the legacy is just as strong with them as it is with the people who got to see his career. And, you know, it's a part of what I'm writing about right now is, you know, we'll we'll have a lot of coverage on on the passing of Guy Lafleur at sportsnet.ca. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a... It's a sunny day in Montreal, but an extremely sad one. And and I can feel that it, it is, and it doesn't make any any death more significant than another. But there's something about when one of the legends that played for the Montreal Canadiens passes away. This is going to be a, a a significant time of mourning in in the city. Can you explain, I guess, a little bit what that emotion will be like in Montreal today? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be palpable. And he was in rarefied air, shared only by Sean Beliveau and Morris Richard before him. Um, you know, we're talking about not just one of the legends of the Montreal Canadiens, but really one of the, the three most iconic people to ever have anything to do with the franchise, the organization, the 113-year history of, of the Montreal Canadiens on such a level. Um, you know... It's six consecutive seasons of 50 goals and 100 points in an era where, you know, that was unheard of. He was the fastest player um, before all the guys did it after him to, to reach 1,000 points in the NHL. You know, this guy was a five-time Stanley Cup winner. He was a uh, multiple Art Ross trophy winner, multiple Hart trophy winner, multiple Lester B. Pearson, which is now, you know, uh, a different award, but the player's MVP. Um, Ted Lindsay, uh, you know, this, this, this yeah. guy did it all. And, and he, he, for his, for as charismatic as he was on the ice, um, his personality was just as large off of it. And, and I think there's a lot to be remembered about Guy Lafleur person and not just the hockey player. He was one of those guys, I think, as we go back, like you say, it'll be a lot of YouTube going down the YouTube rabbit holes today to watch highlights and go back and watch the, 
the games that he played. I think that we we of today's generation we can watch and say oh, look but look at the goalies or he wouldn't be able to do that in today's game. I feel like Guy Lafleur, you watch the way he skated and shot the puck. If he he would be just as good today, given all of that as he was then. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's this there's a handful of people you could say that about, and he's probably one of them. You know, he he. I think you said it well when you said he was a rock star um, and had that kind of air of not arrogance, but. Um, of knowing how good he was. Yeah. You know, he knew how good he was and he showed it. And look, I, I'm born in 1983. Um, I saw very little of Guy Lafleur's career. And it's, you know, most of what I saw was probably a couple of years that he'd prefer to have forgotten. Um, you know, when he came out of retirement and played with the New York Rangers and played with the Quebec Nordiques and, and then walked away again. Um, I'll tell you this, you know, like I said, off the ice, there's, there's something there too. And I, I'll never forget being at the Winter Classic in 2016 at Gillette Stadium in, in Boston and, uh, you know, the Canadians in, a, in the midst of a pretty bad season, but I think they won the game 5 nothing. And I ended up on a shuttle bus back from Gillette Stadium to the hotel we were staying at. And I was the last person walking onto this bus and sat right at the front. And uh, I was sitting next to Guy Lafleur and to my right was Jacques Damaris and Willie O'Ree. And the conversation that we had over the next 90 minutes will stay with me forever. And I, I, I just, I can't, you know, listening to Guy Lafleur talk about how his line mate, Jacques Lemaire, became his coach and told him to dump the puck in <laughs> and essentially had him quit the Montreal Canadiens because of it. You know, like he, he just had so much charisma and flair about everything, you know, not just his hockey career, but the way he talked and, he was so authentic and honest and real. Um, he was never shy to say anything about the Canadians when asked about them, even at times where they might have even preferred that he not say it because he was so brutally honest about what his opinion was and playing in the area he did. I, I, I mean, I remember what he said. He felt like the Canadians had four fourth lines at a time where I think they were leading the NHL in, in scoring. Um, you know, he, he, he did not hold back ever uh not on the ice or not off of it what is it how are you feeling today and on, on in one sense there was news of of Guy's health and that this was uh possibly a uh, an unfortunate reality that was going to be coming but like you say i'm a little bit older than you but even still i'm i'm in that same territory where it's vague memories at best of watching Guy lafleur live how do you eric engels put on sit in front of a keyboard and try and capture the spirit of what Guy Lafleur was. It, it, it's impossible to do. I hope you take solace in that, yeah. but, but what a, what a task that uh, you have in front of you. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I appreciate the question. Um, but I, I would suggest, you know, it's not about me, mm. um, you know, uh, and it, it's not an easy task and it, it, it won't, properly do justice to his life and his legacy the way someone who watched him and knew him more intimately than I did um, for his entire career could. Um, but I, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to speak for a generation of people who didn't have the opportunity to do that, but still understood what he meant uh, in this community, in this city, and from a, maybe a bit closer angle than most people get 
get to appreciate or, or get to in their lives here, uh, following the Montreal Canadiens. But look, you know, it, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's impossible to do justice to such a legacy. And I, I hate to use, you know, speaking cliche or whatever it is like, yes, he's passed away, but his, his legacy will live on forever. I mean, it will be passed on from generation to generation and not, I don't think just in Montreal or in Thurso, Quebec, where he's from. I think that he will, the stories of Guy Lafleur will circulate for, for long after we're all gone. We'll let you get at it in, uh, thanks for your time again, short notice and not uh, the best of situations, but thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Take care. Take care. Eric Engels in Montreal, the passing of Guy Lafleur and, uh, I, I I will be doing the same. Have you? I know, Maddie. You went down the uh, the the highlight video train there a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, Sportsnet's already got kind of a remembering Guy Lafleur video up on the YouTube page that I just kind of went and uh, took a quick watch over, and the style certainly does stand out. Like especially in an era where there were guys who had started to wear helmets, the flowing hair as he just like knifes through the neutral zone is. Something that is, it's like Eric said, it's it, iconic. You call it what you want. You want to call him cocky, arrogant, confident. He was all of those things because he 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 knew how good he was. It's not bragging when you can do it, as they say, and he could do it. Six straight hundred point seasons. You mentioned the fifty goal marks that he hit. How many times? Like first NHL player to score at least 50 goals and 100 points in six consecutive seasons. Decades later, uh, he is atop several of the Canadians' all-time list. The leader in Montreal regular season points, assists, single season points, has the most 40-goal, 50-goal, 100-point seasons, leads them in game winners uh, in a season and in a career. And there have been some decent players that have gone through Montreal over the years. So, a uh, couple. There will be a lot of uh, a lot of coverage on the passing of Guy Lafleur over the next uh, over the next few days. We uh, no no real easy way to pivot, but we will right now. The Calgary Flames victorious on home ice last night. The penultimate home game for the uh, Flames. Four two was the uh, was the final. The it's interesting to see what milestones mean to different people. We saw how happy the team was for Gaudreau when he hit the number going back, whatever it is, three, four, five games ago. And you could see again, Kachuk was a little bit more, you, you could tell he was excited for himself, but again, what it meant to the, to the players and the t- they celebrated with him. And he was talking afterwards just about, the, the crowd reaction and, and the team reaction, trying to describe it all. It was just like the time of the game, everything, no score, like getting the first one. Um, just super excited, but toe-picked because of it. But coolest part for me was the guys coming in and how they were way more excited than I was, and I didn't think that could be possible. So and then going through um, the line and seeing everybody and just even with them after, like they're – so excited for me and that's just can't put that into words really daryl said it the other day that this is a group of players the 26 are under kind of core of the team that it's not just 
playoff success that they're lacking. It's a lot of regular season success, mm-hmm. individual success. So this is, while it's a lot of career years, and some people look at that as a, a bit of a negative, again, when, you, when you're evolving as a player and you're in your you're 24, 25, 26, and you're putting up career numbers. That's uh, kind of what you would hope to see. But I am, I am interested to see what it does mean for these guys. I think there's been a lot of growing up. There's been maturing. There was a lot of talk last year about what are you going to, what are you going to do with Matthew Kachuk? When do you trade him? Do you trade him now? Do you trade him bef- once he signs with the RFA? Because, you know, he's only going to take one year and then it's $9 million and he's not worth $9 million and that This whole thing. That conversation is far different now the, than it was then. And I, I don't think the Flames were ever close. If there was anybody that was not having the what do we do with Matthew Kachuk conversation, it was them. They, that, was, it was, that was for us to do. Yep. That was oh, for yeah. fans to do. Yep. Um, but he, in a very short amount of time, he's, he seems like a different guy, which is not, he's not up for the Lady Bing, but there were little things that he would do in his game that even Flames fans would be like, that's kind of greasy. I don't know if I like that. It's kind of yeah. greasy. And maybe it was the, the dowdy, like an elbow, the kind of sneaky elbow or stuff like that. It's maybe still there, right? But I feel like his game and his, his whole mentality has changed, and now you're kind of seeing what, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a 100-point guy every year. Because mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with, with Johnny, obviously. But this, you hope, feels more like the player, closer to being a star than just being a pest sort of a thing. Yeah, and I think that he's matured a lot, and that has been a big thing for me. Like He's a guy that I feel like over the last 10 days, he's come out and spoken to the media 8 out of the 10 and that's kind of been his role this year. And that in itself brings on different challenges. He's handled that well. The play on the ice is obviously carried over. I think one of the things that stands out to me is I was never sure if he was going to be able to get to 100 points because I never thought that he would be able to play with Johnny Gaudreau because he really seemed like a left winger for a long time. And then changes happen, move him over to the right to play with Lindholm and Gaudreau, and... He's never looked back. It's been a position change that has really worked for him to be playing on his offside there. He's able to, and this goes back to playing with Gaudreau as well, the breakout is can be simplistic. Get it up to Kachuk, uses his body to protect from the defender, and on his forehand, zips the puck as hard as he can across the ice to Gaudreau breaking out the zone, and off you go. Gaudreau moving up with speed. Kachuk's been really good this year, and that partnership with him and Gaudreau has been a big part of it, but he's come a long way in a short amount of time. His sixth full season, all of a sudden, when you look yeah. at it, it doesn't feel like it's, I mean, time flies for all of us, I know, but this is now a full year six as he's got one more year left on this deal. One way or the other, he will be a flame, we, barring a trade, which is not going to happen. So he'll be a flame. It's just a matter of what does it look like this off season and I don't think even even the naysayers, even if you were a year ago really concerned about the maturity, the foot speed, does he want to be here, all of that, I don't think anyone, obviously after a year like this, but just even beyond the points, what he is as a player, not just a goal scorer, makes other guys better. It's uh, very much a give and take. It's, uh, it's a good marriage with whoever he's, uh, he's playing with. I don't think anybody's going to be upset with an eight-year deal for this guy now that's changed 
very quickly. Yeah, and I think that there's more maturing to do for him too. There's still some room for growth there. Like I think that's the thing too. Like there's instances where it'll be like, oh well, he didn't have a great game, but it's usually because you know maybe there's a turnover because he's trying a, a pass between the legs or something along those lines. And to me, that's just saying, well, if he kind of gets to a point where he's not making those type of mistakes all the time, then what what more growth could we see? What more could the ceiling be? And those are just things that come with time. And like you mentioned, it's been six seasons in the NHL, and we've seen growth, but I think we'll continue to see more. And as a result, yeah, when you're talking about an eight-year term and keeping that guy through... The entirety of his prime. He's 24 compared to Gaudreau, who's late 20s. Eight-year term looks a little bit different for those two, right? Are you looking forward to that? Because at some point, this season is going to come to an end, and then it's going to be a steady diet of... It's been a steady diet of this week. If Gaudreau leaves, does Kachuk leave? What if, well, what if Johnny stays? Does that mean that Matthew will stay? Well, what if Matthew stays? Is that Who signs first? Does Matthew sign? It's coming. I know. You work... On the after- you work an afternoon show with Steinberg. It's very hockey-heavy. Buckle up. The big thing we were tossing around this week is, can you pay those two players $20 million? Right. I think you're going to have to. I think the, the grand total of those two players is going to be, one way or the other, $20 million. Yes. You know, it, so, so get ready. Yes. So, so the that, answer is yes. You, so then you what happens? Yeah. Yeah, you got to... You, you gotta, find a way. You find a way. The margin for error will be slim. But it's certainly possible. Gotta. I'm very interested to watch those two in the playoffs, perhaps more than anything. And we talked about it earlier. Until you've shown you can do it, many people will say you can't because you've never done it, whether you've had the opportunity or not. Here's another opportunity. Obviously for Gaudreau, more so than Kachuk, but this is another postseason for number 13 to get a bit of a monkey off of his back, get some critics off of his back. And I don't know how good he's going to have to be before pretty much everybody, you know, the consensus can look and say, okay, well, I guess he's a good player. Yeah. I guess really good in the regular season. Yeah, he's he's pretty, he's not the reason, he's not holding the flames back from postseason success. Because I think we forget the the Monahan and Gaudreau can't win in the play that whole thing that ran hot here for a couple years yeah and then you don't make the playoffs you forget about that conversation so yeah and get ready for that one too if it uh, goes Yo, oh yeah two of ten points for Gaudreau in the last three playoff runs have been even strength that's going to be one thing to kind of keep an eye on for me because like he's leads the league in even strength points this year it's been for me, one of the biggest reasons that he should be a finalist for the Hart Trophy. But when you start to match up all the numbers and down to the end of the year. Text, uh, I love these. Uh, I love the two guys, but I like the $20 million combo up north better. I don't think that's how you conduct business. Uh, is I, I, I don't think, well, if, if they're not McDavid... And Dreisaitl, then... Then how how can you stomach it? And I get that. I understand what you're saying. And I, I some, some people might debate you, but I think that also 
that number is going to change fairly quickly, as I would think Leon Dreisaitl, because what's he got left? Couple, three more years at eight and a half million. That's that's going to be a different. He it must he, be somewhere because again, and and I think we were we were part of it when they gave Leon the eight and a half. It was another one of those contracts where they paid for future performance that they were had overpaid for a guy who had a uh, pretty good value. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, so yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, a number of people eating crow on that one, and probably I'll throw myself in that. I should, certainly my co-host who's not here today would be in that category. But yeah, it's. The, the league is full of teams, minus one, that don't have Connor McDavid on it. So you have to take what you've got and build around it. And if it takes $20 million to have two of the top six scorers in the National Hockey League this season, and they did it in contract years more or less, now you, could, you can kick that can down the road, I suppose, with Matthew and see how that goes. I don't know. It feels like if you want to be in the Matthew Kachuk business, get chopping. Now's the time to talk a long-term contract with him. And then, yeah, you got to you got to make it work. And does that mean I mean who 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 are you not does that cost you Oliver Shillington on the back end? Does that cost you man, Like you, where where do the cost cuts come? Well, it's got to be Monahan money, right? You have to get out from underneath that. You have to absolutely get out from underneath that. And Zadorov 3.75 you throw that together, that's $10 million. And you graduate Connor Mackey somewhere in there. You have to pay him because you can't just delete and then add. But essentially right now you look at the team, it's it's minus Monaghan. You you get that money back. Now, is it going to cost you a draft pick? I, I guess. I, I still don't know what the future holds there. Well, and there isn't going to be an end of season or a playoff run to Bolster, leverage that. Yeah in any sort of deal, like you're trading away a player whose numbers have continued to dip and is coming off double hip surgeries, who is still in his mid-20s. Like, there could be more there, but... We're having a... This is a July-August conversation. We should be... We'll have this one in July and August. Because there's there's ways that you get the the cap down. You know, come on now. We're talking about the salary caps. Friday, they just won the division last night. What are we doing? Come on, Maddie. What what have I done? Be better. I brought Flames Talk down into the boom. No, I started it. I started it. Because it it, it just comes back to Kachuk. Because I don't know where I was. I wondered, you play him this year, and then if he just goes RFA for nine and can walk... You might have to trade this guy just to get something for him because we've had so many of these get something for him conversations over the last few years. Um, did not see this coming, and I give him full credit. He has not looked slow, even though he's not a great skater. Correct. He has shown more restraint and maturity despite still being a pest and annoying to all of the other teams in the league no suspension yeah i I, even barely in the box barely in the box he's not drawing penalties like he used to because i think the refs are afraid of looking foolish because of him (laughs) made made a pretty good career that early on i'm just glad that there's no internet or podcasts where people could go back and listen to shows because i'm guessing there were some real doozy trade scenarios that we came up with 
We're very smart. Oh, un- yeah. Until we're not smart. Just ask. But I think, uh, you know, at the time, given what we knew then. Uh, he's a second line. Can't play any position apart from the left wing. How are you going to make it work with a guy like this? Always putting your team shorthanded? Nope, not the case. Not the case at all. People are a little frustrated with, the ho- with so much hockey talk. Oh, man. I get that, too. But I do wonder how it if, it, if it is a subpar performance in the playoffs for one or the other or both, what does that really have any bearing on what you can on what the contract number is? I don't know. I like it's strange because I like I think it should. Like this playoff to me is the most important because I think this one in particular, the Flames have created a supporting cast around those two guys that looks better than their last runs and you talk about the maturity of the two guys as well plus the year that they've had those are trends that suggest that the success will carry over but if it doesn't how's life at the dome how's the uh how's the pregame meal what are they serving up oh man uh, what are they serving up to the media oh I don't I don't want to bad talk this early on a Friday, but is it not good? I just miss the buffet. Well what what so what are they doing? So you media meal, you go in, yeah. This get, is what pe- this is what get, people want to know. Get your card from Joe, the man, the myth, the legend. You paying for that? Yeah, yeah. Yep, couple you, bucks. Are you writing that off? Do you get per diem for working at the at on um, the game day? I you should talk to Art. Yeah, I should really try and get that per diem for every day. Uh I'll get right on that. So anyway, so you get your your food ticket to show that you paid. Yeah, and then you go and they hand you your food. Oh, it's already uh, pre-packed in one of those like plastic to-go oh, containers. Really? Yeah, yeah. So they, I call them like saunas, like hot baths. Yeah, uh, kind of deal. And your food sits in there for an hour or two, and then you go pay, and then you pick it up and you eat it. So yesterday, pierogies and sausage. Oh, dude, it- you can't goof that. That'll work. Come on, that's great. Yeah, it was f- fantastic. Because the buffet was a hit. I love the buffet. It was like the only time I ate salad over the course of a week. Yeah. I thought you were kind of on a health thing. Yeah. You were in here doing this, I'm, doing the, the thing in the other room there, and you were... Doing the stretching and the... Yeah, you were all about eating and, and being physically I gotta get my fit. golf game better. That was the big thing. That was the big motivating factor. Uh... And yeah, I eat salad every once in a while. But also, back in the buffet days, boom. This is like three years ago also. Keep I know, yeah, I've matured yeah. a lot. It was probably the only time I'd see a salad for the course of a week. Yeah. That sounds like Matt, the Matty Rose I know. Didn't live with my girlfriend at the time. Why would I buy vegetables? They were just going to go bad in the fridge. The money you spend on vegetables could be used for booze. That also, ding, ding, ding. Am I really dropping 15, 20 bucks on kale and lettuce leaves and cucumbers? For it to sit in my fridge for two months because no, I refuse to move it out of there after a certain point in time? Yeah. It was a rhetorical question because the answer is absolutely you're, you're not doing that. Yeah, the answer is... Yeah, you aren't doing that. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. Uh, coming up in... Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Do what you want to talk about. 960, 960. Get your text in and do whatever. Also, the uh, week number one... Of the Speargrass Golf Show, Sean Van Kesteren will join us. It's snowing. 
I, uh, somebody, I've got it over my shoulder here. Um, okay. No, 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 no. No? No. No. This is something I'm irrationally angry about. This and Jamie Ben's tape job on his stick. Well, they've both been around forever. Ugh. Snow and rain in the month of April in Calgary and Jamie Ben using very little stick tape on his stick. What's the problem with the, with the tape what job? Are you on a budget? Well, I don't think he even pays for it, Matt. I'm, I'm here to tell you. I think that the Dallas Stars... That's my point. Like they pay for the tape. Well, you need two strips, that's it? That's all you need? Just a quick little... Why bother? What's Why that, bo- about, what's that about three? About three wraps? I, I think it's two wraps. I think it's two wraps. And it looks like a waste of time. You know what? Yeah. You tape your stick properly. Maybe you don't take that high sticking penalty late in the game. If you had more tape, it would yeah. maybe weigh down the stick. Yeah, sure. Thus, you wouldn't have uh, brought it up as quickly or with as much force. Yeah. You're adding some scientificness to this. I'm just, I was just throwing it out to be a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Did I just hear someone say mature? Are you guys... Bro- <laughs> I don't know what you... I, I, I do the show. I can't do the show and listen to it for you. I can't do that. We'll come back. <laughs> what you want to talk about, Speargrass Golf Show. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, it's a busy. It's gonna be a race to the finish here, Matty Rose. Oh, I love a good race. No, that's a lie. I don't really like running. I'm gonna let everybody inside a little bit because, you know, the thing about Matty Rose, he's mm. he's an open book. Oh, Marty boy. Rose. Marty Rose is an open book for all to, for all to see. Come you have a read. You don't hide your emotions. Yeah. And right no. now, your emotions are out. They're fractured. In full. Full display as Maddie during the commercial break just kind of sat here in studio with his hand, his face in the palms of his hands, looking out the window at the moisture that is coming down from the heavens. It's getting worse. It's getting worse! Because you had plans this weekend? What was opening day? I was going to go golfing twice, Saturday, Sunday. Get my first 36 in, no problem. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen, Matt. I Look at it. Come on. Cut it out. At least it's not sticking, but it probably will. Like, what was that we had earlier in the week? Well, that was a little... Just, it, was, it was snow, and then... It, here's just snow again. And you know who's stupid? Who? Me. I'm stupid. Yeah, I did the summers. No, well, yes, I, of course I did. I mean, that's... Yeah, that... As soon as the... <laughs> as soon as the, as the winter tires came off the vehicles... The snow came down. Yeah. Um, but uh, over all of the little uh, snow flurries and snowfall that we had over the last couple of weeks, I never bothered to shovel thinking it's just going to take care of itself, right? <laughs> Obviously, yeah. And then it, it never really did for about no. three or four days. And it, I, you can tell it was at the point where the neighbors shoveled like to the end of, oh, no. end of their responsibility line there. And then the other neighbor kind of did. So then it's just... Sidewalk, sidewalk, sidewalk. Danger. Lazy a-hole, lazy a-hole, lazy. Clean sidewalk, clean sidewalk. So that's what it was. I was not going to be that guy this time. Oh, okay, what a twist. So when the snow came down earlier this week, 
uh-huh. got out there, I shoveled my driveway, my walkway, the sidewalk in front of my house, both neighbors. I no. was gonna, you know what I was going to do? Make it up. No. Going to be a nice guy. If I would have just gone inside and, and laid on the couch for a few hours, it would have taken care of itself. I feel cheated. I feel like... Because they may not have even seen the good deed that I did. By the time they would have gotten home from work, all the, the snow was gone anyway. Yeah, it was like 10 degrees that afternoon. It's like, I have to... I just want to let you know. I just thought I'd let... I, di- I shoveled for you I today. know it doesn't look like it, but... Like I know there's no snow. Maybe if you you may not have, if you were out of town, you didn't even know. But it snowed a fair bit. Yeah, and I did shovel your walkway for you. My track record would suggest that I wouldn't, but I want you to take my word on it here that I did. Idiot. So what's the play today? Well, I don't. Is it is it snow like? Yeah, dude, you look at this dude walked by. His head is covered in snow. He's wearing his hood, and his head was covered in snow. They're clearing out this afternoon, Maddie. I think I'm going to roll the dice. Yeah, I think I'm going to let it. uh, Let her shoot? Let her ride? I'm not shoveling today. We're going to let her ride? Yeah. Going to totally make up for it today. Uh, Once again, still continue to love living in an apartment building. Haven't seen a shovel in six years. Well, let's do the thing. That's a break. Let's get after it here. Uh, it's what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service, repairs, and replacements. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Nine sixty nine sixty. It is what you want to talk about. Uh, just, just love for Matty Rose. Oh boy, Boomer, keep Marty Rose in the morning. Oh. Afternoon CNN News. Matt Rose not as jokey. <laughs> is it very serious? Uh, serious stuff. Marty Rose. It's no farting around in the afternoon. It really lacks the fart noises and the dumb drops and all that type of stuff. Like it's it's fair share of dumb, but it the dumb usually like bookends the pretending to be, you know, analytics and hockey talk and yeah, yeah. So yeah, farts. Guys, I work at a tire shop. I never understood why people don't wait until May long before changing the tires. Come on, guys. If you've lived in Calgary for a while, you know we get snow until May long. I'm okay with... Yeah, no, I mean, I'm done. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I guess. I guess I never really thought about it. I had seen something online that was it was kind of doing... Once you've had X number of days where the temperature is above whatever, mm-hmm. you feel free, go ahead, take those tires off. And I also thought, before it gets too busy, I'm going to get ahead of the uh, the queue here. I'm going to be the guy that got it done nice and early. Do you go wow. in and the guy who changed your tires is like, you sure, bro? You sure? Yeah, no, it's it's only April. No, he takes my money and laughs. <laughs> That's what he does. See you in two weeks, nerd. Yeah. Uh, boys, it's Calgary. You'll be wearing shorts by noon. Maddie, you will be golfing this weekend. Gay Ron you feel good about that? Hey, if someone's guaranteeing it for me, I'm in. 
Maddie, heading out to uh, my first tea time right now, baby. Make it happen. Hopefully not snowing in Nanton. Was in Nanton recently for the yeah, of course, Alberta, Alberta Marine. Marine. How's Beauchamp? Greg's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good guy. Uh, get out there, Maddie. Are you made of sugar? It's not that I trust me. If the if the course is gonna let me on, I'm going to go. It's not that it's going to be too cold for me. I have the proper uh, apparel right. to deal with the elements. But uh-huh. opening day's Got already it, yeah, been pushed back. So, hey Marty Rose, Marty Rose, yo, uh, golf and Brooks course has been open since the end of March. Guys, I also don't want to drive go two to hours to go golfing. You seen the price of gas these days, Will? Uh, I don't know. I just pull up to the pump and. <laughs> Close your eyes, and although it did, it was a kick right in the beans. The one, the the last time I did it, or whatever, last couple times, because usually, depending on how much fuel I need, I just go up, pay for it with the card. Uh, what do you want? Twenty, forty, whatever. I just go hundred and fifty or whatever. The just yeah, just whatever. Max, obviously, because that'll fill it up, and then it just whatever. Yeah, didn't fill it up. No, when no. You, when you feel the pump do that. Huh. Do- when it kicks down, it do, 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 It starts going slow. And it's just like dribbling gas yeah. into the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how is this possible? So, yeah, I put, uh, I could have put north of 150 in the old. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Well, at least you're going to be able to drive the sports car soon. And I'm sure that's much better on gas and only takes premium. Well, and see, that's the other thing. I got the sports car out of storage, too. So that. Oh. <laughs> In, so you did the summer tires and the car out and of got storage. The car out. Yeah, that's right. In the six-hour window goodness. where there was where there was no snow earlier this week, I think it was Monday. Yeah, the car came out. Anyway. Uh, thanks for the shovel giggles. I needed that five minutes into my shoveling on Tuesday. Blew my back out today. I'm still struggling. About a seven out of ten pain scale. Uh, the giggles of hell. Well, you know that's what uh, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> I don't know, ibuprofen probably wouldn't hurt either. Oh, my God. Do you miss the shovels? <laughs> I miss the shovel. Hey, do you miss it? I used it? to get the shovel all the time, I and I did. wore it as a badge of pride. Yeah. It's just fun wordplay. Oh, yeah. It doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, Do I aerate my lawn after I put on my summer tires? This was the whole thing. We had a discussion <laughs> yesterday about when you aerate your lawn. So I don't have a lawn. Uh, guys, gonna be in the tractor for a bit now while planting. Need some better lunch idea the ideas than just sandwiches. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I love sandwiches. I I really pro- do. You know what I had for lunch yesterday? What'd you do? A hot chicken sandwich and a hot dog. At home or, or no. on the yeah? Because that's I was a weird out one. About. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird one at home. It was huh. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I love a good hot dog. I do too. But you know what it does? It gives me the old uh the old burps. I'll be burping that guy for a good eight, ten hours. Yeah, they're, well they're not they're not good for you. No. The body usually tries to reject it as best as it could. What you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out about how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. As we are bitching about the weather and Maddie is upset about his golf possibly being canceled, we shift, look at this pivot, almost like we know what we're doing here, 
as we get set for the Speargrass Golf Show, the debut, and who better than Sean Van Kestren, the executive director of the Shaw Charity Classic. Welcome, my, my man. What's going on? How are you? Just, just finished shoveling my deck, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's golf. It's golf weather. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. The uh, saw the press release come out earlier this week, and there were a few things I guess that popped into my into my dumb brain more than that. It's the 10th anniversary, and I guess when you think about it, big picture, yeah, it would be I it'd be 10. Yeah, we we've gone through a COVID thing for a couple of years, and then there were a few years, all of that. It, it's wild that this is. The ten-year anniversary. It, it certainly goes fast. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we're scratching our heads. It's uh, it's been an amazing run so far, and um, we look forward to to another ten years. And what's crazy about it is, I, I know that some events, as they grow and get bigger, they maybe have maybe a different venue, or things have to tr- change drastically, or maybe maybe you even downscale if the the magnitude of the event didn't have the reach and the response that you thought. Canyon Meadows Golf and Country Club, it's been, it's been the home course. It has been the best place. It remains the best place. And now uh, from August 1st to 7th, back to Canyon Meadows. Uh, it's, it's such a great spot. It is. Yeah, it's, um, we, we wouldn't want to go anywhere else, that's for sure. It's, um, it's the perfect venue. Um, the membership's unbelievable. Uh, all the staff that we work with are incredible supporters of the event and um uh you know we just work so well together and so we would never want to go anywhere else and it's, it's also got all the space that we need for all the different structure and uh you know all the things that we need space for television and all the fun things that go into uh, hosting a big pga tour- tournament so it's, it's a great spot now i know you're on here to promote the event and to to get some excitement built for it and maybe sell some tickets and that but at, at the same time do you feel like this group that is coming to calgary in terms of name value, have have you had these sorts of names come to Calgary before? Because it feels like this has got to be the best crew. In terms of players, yeah, um, yeah, it's um, it's great. You know, this, obviously last year was a bit of a challenge with COVID and some yeah. of the restrictions, and we're still dealing with a little bit of that uh, this year. But by and large, um, you know, I'm gonna actually be down in uh, uh, down in Houston at the Asperity next week to uh, to try to strangle and some get some of these guys up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's looking good. Yeah pretty good and there's you know there's some, some good names that we're obviously trying to work on and that haven't been up in the past but there's some guys that are turning 50 and or have turned 50 that uh, haven't played like Patrick Harrington that'd be a great great get for us and uh Steve Stricker he hasn't played but he's had some health issues but um there's some some uh, you know that's the good thing with the champions Tour. there's always the new rookie class the new people coming up so it's looking pretty good uh, we're pretty excited about what the field will look like um you know as you mentioned uh the, the cheap plug was that uh for a 10th year anniversary we want to get as many people as possible, so we're offering ten dollars tickets, um, which is you know typically around thirty thirty five dollars. So, um, which is great. So we hope that uh, that uh, we can get some some more fans out and some new fans and um, and have a really good uh, go of it this year. Going to include the pro am as always. The uh, some up they have the upgraded uh, clubhouse tickets purchased in yep. advance. Now we've got some time, but again, if anybody knows about time flying, it it would be me. It'd be us. July thirty first. You have until uh, to get those tickets. Correct. Yeah, it's basically yeah, got, right up got, to the event up until the tournament week yeah. starts. So uh, yeah, lots of time to do it. There's not a huge rush, and I probably shouldn't be saying that, but um, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, we're going to offer it up until the tournament starts. So um, again, the, the goal being to get as many people there and and, um, and do what we can again to uh, to help raise more money for children's charities. And That's the more right. people we have, the more uh, the more success we'll have. Where are we at? Putting you on the spot. I I know it's over. What's like seventy million? What's the number at now in terms of the money raised for youth-based charity? Pretty close. I think it's just over seventy-six. 
76 wow. million. Um, yeah, and um, and that and, and the numbers, you know, it's a, it's a great number. Uh, but uh, the most important thing for us is that every year the the charities that are part of our British for Kids program um, grows. So last year I think we had just over 233. This year we have over 250. So the, um, you know they keep coming, and um, again it's, it's throughout Alberta. It's not just here in Calgary. So 250 plus charities across the whole province. I think it's important to repeat those, like to really focus on that because it's $76 million for an event that had a COVID year and is it's the 10 year anniversary. And at, there was a time when they were skeptical that this, that you could hold this kind of an event in Calgary. You didn't have the venue. You didn't have the support. You, there would be children's charities minus $76 million over the last decade were it not for this event. That is stunning. It is, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, um, um, yeah. And uh, we're very fortunate to see what you know uh, the, the funds do for these charities. And and uh, as you mentioned, during these last few years, it's been very challenging for for um, I'd say about half, in particular, of the charities that are, that are part of us. And um, you know, it's it, it's made a huge, huge difference, even more so in the last few years. So, so yeah, that that keeps us going. That keeps us energized. Our ownership group is super supportive, as as everybody thinks uh, knows in the in, in the community. Our patron group are unbelievable people and, and, and champions of the city. And, of course, you've got Shaw Communications, which, uh, which the Shaw family and everybody that's involved there, um, you know, um, you couldn't do it without them. So uh, we're very fortunate. August 11th to 15th, Canyon Meadows Golf and Country Club. I know when we, when we get close to the event in the weeks leading up, we're lucky enough to get some of the golfers who are going to be here and taking part. And they, they rave about the event and the course and the treatment that they get and the, the galleries here. And for some, it's fly fishing for some it's the the chance to get to Banff and enjoy enjoy the mountains is it is is it still kind of a not an easy job but these guys are well aware of who you are and what the event is when you try and do that you know that courting period the wooing when you try and get them to come to Calgary yeah it's it's um it's it's not easy I'll be honest with you it's it's easy in the sense that um uh, everybody knows about the event and has um it's got a very good reputation, as you mentioned, uh, and the guys that have come, you know, typically will come back. Um, but, you know, it always boils down to schedule, you know, where these guys are going to be and all these fun things. So, um, you know, that's why we don't sometimes miss a few guys, but um, uh, it's always going to be a strong field. It's always going to be, um, you know, a positive experience for those folks who do come. And, um, and uh, we expect to have one of the best fields on, on the PGA Tour Champions this uh, season. Now, I know that you like to, if, if you do get some of the, the players nailed down, you like to kind of maybe hold off on announcing it and we can build up some excitement for it and trot out some names one by one. Are, are you close? When, when might we, we expect the, the next wave of names or a couple of names to, to announce to the public? We like to wait until when the snow's off the ground, typically. Who knows, right? So, yeah. uh, we will probably start uh, rolling them out in May. So um, May and then, you know, probably through June, we'll have uh, some good announcements. But um, um, we're getting pretty close to locking some, some marquee guys right now that uh, I think people would be excited to see. So uh, we will start to roll those out as soon as possible. So Houston, hey, that's uh, sorry that you have to do that. Go and uh, hang around at the golf course in Texas in, in April. Yeah, that's rough. Sorry about that, Sean. It's tough, I know, I know, yeah. it's very difficult. Uh, but uh, someone's got to do it, and uh, and I will bring my son's screen. We'll be talking lots more. Appreciate you for coming on here. And, uh, again, 10 years. What a what an event. It is one of the best. Th- it's one of the best that we put on in this city, bar none. Congrats on the work, and uh, best of luck down in Houston. You're, you're, you're very uh, persuasive. I know you'll do fine. 
<laughs> we'll be okay. We'll right be on. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, cheers. Sean Van Kester, Executive Director, Shaw Charity Classic. Uh, Hall of Famers, 10 major winners, 7 Green Jackets, 5 U.S. Opens, 2 Claret Jugs, 6 Wanamaker Trophies. That's not nothing. No, that's a, that's a rap sheet for sure. That is, that is a laundry list. Uh New this year, well, they've got the uh, Blake's Women's Day on August 1st. With Michelle Wee West. That's right. Major winner. Five-time winner on the LPGA Tour, 2014 Women's Open Champion. With the breakfast and panel discussion before a little clinic on the, uh, see, that's where you should be. Yeah, oh, I could use a clinic for sure. We'll talk to uh, Michelle. We'll see if she can give you some pointers. God knows you need it. Keep your head down. Is that what it is? Keep your eye on the ball? So my Nona always used to say it. Matthew, you're keeping your head down. Who are you imitating right now? Uh, my grandmother. Oh, okay. She's Italian. Right. Like, very Italian. Is she? Yeah. Was that your Italian? Italian? So that was your Italian? In the... You're keeping your head down, I noticed you're, you're doing the, the hand gesturing with the... When you hit the ball. You right. have to keep it down with your head and you don't top the ball. I'm sorry if there's I offended just, anybody. There's just no did. way that she, she sounds like that. She does. She's like a caricature. Really? No. Because I don't know what that is. It sounds like uh, Elmo more than uh, the Nonna or whatever uh, you want to go with. Um, good luck with your weekend with the whole uh, the golf thing. I know it's, uh, you know, got you bummed out, but you'll be okay. So if there's no, now if you are not like golfing. Christmas Eve out there. If you're not golf, So now what do you do? There's a game that you'll probably go to on Saturday. Just sit, twiddle my thumbs in my apartment. Sit I'll on be like one of those kids who doesn't get to go out and play with everybody else, just looking out the window with my you forehead. Have your chin on your hands, forehead like against wow. the window. Woe is me, mopey mope. This weather has me down. Oh, I'm very melancholy. Some soup, maybe. Oh. Uh, Flames talk is coming up. Ryan Pike, Flames Nation. Curious to see what his take is. As to what the next week is going to look like for the Flames, they've got a potential first-round opponent. And I wonder if by Tuesday we don't feel a lot better about Nashville. I can't help but wonder how that's shaping up with how Dallas is performing, Vegas, Nashville. I don't know what the math suggests, but it's got to be pretty close. I would think that Nashville's got to be. You want to tell me what it by the far the suggests? odds on? Well, yeah, for sure. The lads over at the Athletic do their projected oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, playoff yeah. matchups. Uh-huh. The Flames, sixty-four uh, percent chance that they face the Predators. Yep, thirty-one percent chance that they face the Stars. There you go. I agree with those numbers. Analytics, bro. Because I'm a big numbers guy. So calculators and square roots and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, uh, the uh, Speargrass Golf Show. Don't forget about Speargrass Golf Course. Love it out there. It's real close to my place. Down southeast, I mean. Open. You get those last few holes beside the river with the elevated tee boxes. I think it's a short par three that you almost feel like you're in a jungle because the forest is so tight around you. Oh, I love it. I spray it. I can't tell you. (laughs) 
I mean, it's the amount of times that I have missed that green and lost a ball. Oh, oh. I have held up a lot of groups behind oh, us. Oh, well, that's the nice thing about Speargrass. They uh, really uh, trying to stagger hit. their tee time, so it's not that big of an issue. Trying to find that green. <laughs> All right, another ball. Now it's tin, tin cup out there. All right. Yeah, okay, my ball's empty. All right, everybody. Have a weekend. See you, buddies.